0: hello and welcome to the wabi sabi series podcast unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics i'm your host michelle cox a corporate exec turned author who has recently written a series of books about topics we don't often talk about things like death grief not having kids and the unexplained power doctors often wield over us apparently some of my books have made some people feel a little uncomfortable but I felt that I wanted to have far more conversations around weird, wonderful, and sometimes taboo topics. So I reached out to some interesting people and asked them just one question. If there is one topic that you'd love society to talk more about, what would it be and why? And what they've shared with me has been amazing. So let's dive in and see where the conversation takes us.
1: I think it's just under 200,000 homeless people in Australia and the greatest growth sector is women over 55.
0: Now today's episode, you may have heard of her before because we did an interview a few episodes back Marina Goh was such an amazing person to talk to and we had so many topics that she wanted to discuss which just says a lot about her advocacy and the work that she does around supporting others and having these uncomfortable conversations. So we decided to do two episodes. So if you head back to episode 60, you'll get the first episode that Marina and I did together. And if you haven't heard that, I'll give you a bit of an update on um, who this amazing woman is. But I'm just delighted to be able to have two conversations on things that are really bloody important to talk about right now. So Marina Go is so dynamic and you'll experience that today listening to the podcast. She is currently the chair of several organizations and on the board of quite a number of others. I think she's on about seven boards at the moment. She does a lot of advocacy work and sits on a couple of councils and doing a lot of volunteer work for people. She was named Boss Magazine's uh, one of 20 true leaders in 2016 and originally a journo, so she has 30 years of leadership experience in the media industry And she's put that experience together with a whole bunch of mates that she worked with back in the days of Dolly, if anyone can remember that magazine. And they've started a new online publication called tonicmag.com.au. So check it out. It's a great uh, publication with lots of really interesting stories. So here is it's not part two, because it's such a different conversation to what we talked about the first time. So this is the second conversation with Marina Goh on a topic that she wishes society would talk more about. Marina, it is fabulous to have you on the podcast again. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm really pleased to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be?
1: One of the Biggest issues that I'm concerned about is the homeless, the situation of homelessness, particularly for older women. It's increasing. It's the people just don't talk about it, and I and I think it's time we had a a real conversation about it and started to work out uh, what we might do to change this situation.
0: So, what's your exposure to this? Why has it come across? You know, your your concern. I guess what what's going on in that space.
1: So about a year ago, um, when COVID first started, a couple of former colleagues, you know, I used to in very, very early in my career I was the editor of Dolly Magazine and we we got together last year and we started talking about um just I guess the challenges of our life, you know, life stage now and we're we're in our fifties and we were basically saying that there isn't any there's not an information source for women of our age group. And so we decided to create something. So we created this website called tonicmag.com.au and it's aimed at basically, yeah, women 45 plus, but, you know, our main, I guess our main audience is 50 plus. And we've started to write stories about and for women of that age group. And this constant concern of around homelessness was coming up. And, you know, I actually look after this the money column for them and, um, And it just became, you know, we would get questions from our readers and there are lots of questions around, you know, women being really concerned about the future. And I think one of the challenges is that um, women don't have as much superannuation generally as men. And it makes it even harder for women if there is a separation and often, and this seems to be the age group at which most separations happen. And so, there seemed to be this perfect storm that we were really discovering, and you know I started to read more about it and discovered that there's about uh, I think it's just under two hundred thousand homeless people in Australia, and the you know the the greatest growth sector is women um, over fifty five.
0: Yeah, I remember reading that Yeah, it's really disturbing, isn't it? and I think to your point around you know it's one of the things I've been trying to educate. Any you know women that I've mentored over time, and having you know I'm up to my second marriage, say that lightly. No, no, no planning, no planning to have it a third, but you know, I I, um, I keep him on his toes. But so many women do get exposed of you know putting all their money in one pot. You know having what my mate calls sexually transmitted debt. You know, they come into a relationship and they might get a debt that they're not exposed to. But uh, the super element is a massive one where, you know, you take all those working years and they've missed out on the super and then the, you, you go through a divorce and he takes all the super. It's like, hang on, that, how does that work? So what is it if you're giving some advice to younger, you know, females, like how would you recommend that they sort of take these kind of matters in their own hands in their 20s and 30s?
1: So I think it's really important that um, that women have control of their own finances from an early age, and then and then retain that level of control as they go through, you know, partnerships, marriages, you know, breakdowns, whatever. They have to they have to be financially savvy. They can't they can't sit back and say, oh, I, you know, I don't enjoy worrying about this, so somebody else should worry about it, because it could come back to bite you down the line. And, you know, I I have some, you know, some wonderful girlfriends who, you know, had wonderful lives, had really great lives and, you know, wonderful marriages and all that sort of thing. And then hit their 50s, relationships broke down, divorces and found themselves, you know, in a terrible situation where they had no idea actually of what the financial situation was, you know, of their relationship. And then suddenly found themselves without enough money to own a home, and that is scary. And some of them had given up their careers also to be mothers and raise children and had not thought about what that might mean for their finances down the line. So, you know, you might make that decision to do that because that might be the right thing for your family at that time, but you have to make sure that in doing so that you are absolutely across the finances and what it means. And, and look, I, I know some women, you know, who are in their 50s who are really, really savvy And even though the marriages are very strong, they have their own bank accounts and they have money that goes into their bank account, you know, even though they were not working through the, you know, through the years of looking after the children, but there was this understanding that that work was valuable. And so, you know, money actually went into their bank account. And I just thought, you know, that's quite a very, it's a really savvy way of thinking about the future because they just didn't know what might happen at some point. And that means that if, the marriage does break down. That they will, that they'll be okay, because it is really awful when you see, you know, you see one of your girlfriends who, you know, went from living in a really lovely house to now only being able to rent something really small, and then worrying about the money running out and what's going to happen next, because they had no idea of their financial situation, and the husband took all the superannuation, and of course he's off driving luxury cars, and she's struggling, and so I think that um, women. And, that, and that's really, that's the best of it, right? So when you get into situations where there was limited money to begin with and then you walk away with nothing, because one of the challenges is that I was, you know, I would think, oh, well, maybe you should challenge that legally, but they don't have the money to challenge it legally.
0: And I think also, as you said before about the working element, the um, people I know that in these circumstances, they've also maybe only done a bit of part-time work or they don't have the confidence either from a, you know, like to go and get a good job or, you know, they're like, well, I'm working in a coffee shop. Cause that's like, I'm like, you're better than that. And let's just work on these things. Or they don't have the money for the, you know, the wardrobe and, you know, all the different things that then goes with those elements that creates that sort of lack of confidence. And then this, you know, even more vicious circle that they can't sort of get themselves out of it as well. It's a really troubling statistic, isn't it? When someone says, well, I don't want to have that conversation with my husband, or I don't want to, you know, Talk about having a separate bank account because I want to, you know, be trustworthy and to be open and all those. I'm like, yeah, it's not. I don't. I'm not encouraging you to create a situation that then you feel uncomfortable about it. But they're good conversations to have. And it's you're not going into a marriage thinking, well, we're going to break up. That's not the intent. But you're having these conversations about money that, like, you're both equal, as as you said, and we need to get a um, far better in this country around valuing the actual home life and rearing children and all those kind of things as well. So this is a part of those kind of conversations like you made to actually get paid to do that and put money in the, in the bank is a fabulous way to look at it. But what, what sort of words of wisdom would you have for people that are in those sort of situations or for those that like us that, you know, how can we help people?
1: Well, I think if you feel uncomfortable that you you don't have a handle on your finances, then I think early, you know, we you, you need to be proactive and think ahead. So it would be wise to at least have a conversation with somebody who is an expert in this area. And there are various ways that you can do that. There are some free services, but there are, I mean, obviously we, we provide a little bit of information on our website. There are There are certainly organisations that are there for women to have a conversation about the finances. So, you know, you can you can do that without it costing you any money or very little money, but I, th- I think you have to start planning early and one of the problems is exactly what you've articulated and that, you know, people are nervous about, you know, anybody thinking, oh, maybe I'm looking at, you know, I'm planning to leaving run you. away. Yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> does this mean it's all over? Am I betraying my partner if I start to think like this? And I would say, no, you need to find out a lot more about your finances. So, so even if before you go off and talk to somebody else, have a conversation and find out about your own finances. You know, Make sure that you have access to the bank accounts. Make sure you see those Correct. statements. Because very often in a marriage, one person does all of the financial. And if you're, if you're not the person that does that, Get your head around it. Make sure you, you know, make sure you actually read those statements. Make sure you know what you're signing. And this is where a lot of women have gone wrong because they've blindly trusted things they've signed, you know, because you're in love with your partner and, you know, they're not going to do you wrong. And the majority don't. But for those who do, it is it can be catastrophic. So I would say be proactive and don't be afraid because, you know, and and the only way that you can do that is to actually start valuing your own contribution so before you've you've got to feel confident that that you know you're entitled to this as much as anybody else is. This is a shared shared value you've sure, grown together. Yeah. yeah, it's not just because uh, I get really angry when I hear women talk about his money. You know, he bought the house. It's with his money, and I think, oh no, you've raised those kids for him <laughs> as well. So that is your money. That is your house. So that narrative needs to change. Look, I think the next generation. I always think that we're very fortunate. We've got these savvy young women coming through, but you you always are shaped by what you know as well. And so there'll be some young girls who are coming through, and they you know that was their mother's situation, and so that's what they've been taught. And I you know we need to care about those women too, and make sure that they are uh, prepared, so that when they get to their fifties, they don't find themselves in a situation where they are suddenly, uh, you know, an option for them or the only option for them may be homelessness. It's absolutely mm. shattering that these women have raised families, they are somebody's mother, they're somebody's sister and and they're on the street. I mean, there is nothing worse than that.
0: If you have a topic burning inside you that you'd love to talk more about and have a conversation with me, I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a line at hello at series. Com. Let's head back to the chat. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite it, hard to comprehend, as you say, and making these decisions through a 20-, 30-, 40-year marriage that you did in good faith and then um, you shafted right at the end when all the hard work's done and the kids are grown up and then, you know, unfortunately, in a few cases that I know, um, it's they're right, well, right, you're done. I'm moving on to the 20-year younger wife and whatever else. And it's... Um, Yeah, horrendous. It happens uh, more often than not, unfortunately. But I think your key element there is, you know, be aware, like learn about your own finances to begin with, understand where you sit, you know, being forearmed is uh, forewarned, at least if you you have to go through a court case. Like a a mate recently had no idea how much her husband earned. And I'm like, really? Like why? She's like, oh, it just never was a thing. And I thought he earned, you know, 100 grand, turns out he earned 500 grand. And I was like, wow, that's like, that's a big difference that you weren't aware of. Like, you know, and so like they found a, you know, through the court case, they found a a separate bank account that she had no idea about. And there's like so much money in it, It, like just crazy stuff like that. So if we can learn anything from those sort of circumstances, and to your point, not, you know, not because you want to run away or um, you want to mistrust your partner, but if a true partnership is around that, you know, honesty and, you know, the sharing of everything, isn't it? So how do we help you know, this this growing number of Australian women that are in this case, what what is it that we can do to help in that regard? I think we need to highlight this issue so people don't talk about it because, in my
1: experience, people just didn't care about women over fifty. I mean, it's a horrible thing to say, but it is absolutely true. And in the past, I think people just thought, oh, women over fifty, you know. Blah. Everyone cared about these kind of shiny, shiny, beautiful young women, but nobody cared about women over fifty. And I, I want you know maybe because that you know this is my generation now, and and I look around and I think, you know there are all, all of these wonderfully, these wonderful women who still have great value to the community.
0: And if we're all going to live to we're 100, you know, that's the thing now, like we've got a lot to do still. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. We need to harness this. And so uh, we need to find ways to engage these women. We need to look out for them. But more importantly, I think we just need to have a conversation on their behalf and make sure that we raise awareness for this issue. I'm constantly researching organisations that, and you know, it's particularly great things that are done overseas. There's a lot of great things that are done, you know, in America, for example, around or creating communities where there, you know, there's mix of housing so that you don't have, you know, ghettos of people who are in low low income accommodation, all just kind of piled, at, you know, the end of the city somewhere. That actually there is there are wonderful communities, so that you know, women who are on low incomes can be in the same kind of wonderful communities as young families, and you know, and people who are doing quite well in their careers and so that so you end up with a wonderful community spirit where people are looking out for each other, helping each other. We need to advocate for this. And and so those of us who are in positions where we're where we're able to actually have a voice, you know, and, and call for these sorts of outcomes, you know, that that's what I that's what I do. You know, I'm sitting tomorrow there's a forum, it's an at-risk forum and it's all about homeless women. And I'm, you know, I'm going to join that conversation and listen to what those experts feel that, you know, feel needs to be done and see where I can help in any way. So I just think we need to, we just need to be aware of it. We need to talk about it. And then if we find ways that our own talents and time availability can assist, then we should. Because it could be us. You know, I look at this and think, you know, but for the grace of God, that could be me. And so therefore, I feel compelled to try and do something to help these women.
0: Amazing concept and such beautiful words and some great advice there for all of us to um, take away today, Marina. So thank you again. It's just so beautiful to talk to you. You're... uh, you're so eloquent and so passionate about so many different things, but um, your expertise shines through. So it's been fabulous to have you on the podcast. I absolutely loved it. And I'll get you back on another topic soon, I'm sure. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, you'll find all the show notes and interesting links on our website, wabisabiseries.com. If you'd like to hear more unexpected conversations, please subscribe to the series follow us on our socials, or grab one of my books. And if you're in a generous mood, I'd love you to share the episode, or maybe even rate, review, and comment on the series. It really does make a difference. Until next time, be sure to claim your own piece of wabi-sabi and walk proud in your perfect imperfection.